If you are a businesswoman working to amplify your six and seven figure business from success to significance, then you know it's not just about the right strategies or the right tactics. It's more and more about high caliber people around you, your team, your collaborators, and advisors that can open doors for you and widen your reach. Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Welcome, everyone, to your Circle of Influence podcast. I'm your co-host, Amy Walker. And I'm Dr. Monica Ogando. And today we are going to be having a conversation around job versus business lifestyle. I have had moments where I feel like I'm living the business lifestyle where my team's pretty efficient and everything's running pretty smoothly. And I feel like I can, you know, go on vacation and leave and things will be fine. Like the house will be still be standing. And then I've had other moments where it really sure feels like a job that I am tied to (laughs) and, um, the business cannot really function without me. And it, it just feels like the worst job in the world. Honestly, I really think if you don't set your business up as a business that can run without you, then it it really is, um, the worst job in the world. Like you're not the best boss yourself. You have totally unrealistic expectations of what is possible. I've never had any other boss tell me that I should have worn a second pair of Spanx and eaten less tacos. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and I, I feel like you can get to that place where the projects are so never ending yeah. that you start to even lose the joy in the things that you love. So mm-hmm. today we're going to dive into that conversation of what does it take for your business to be able to run without you and for your business to really function like a business versus a job. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. going to be a good one. Juicy. It is. And I'm excited about it because I, I literally um, talked myself out of a job. You know, my origin story is all about in the financial services industry and being, you know, a salesperson in the financial services industry. And then before you know it, I'm a consultant instead, which is, you know, in some circles, consultant is just an, um, a nice way of saying unemployed. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but in the entrepreneurial world, no, that's, you know, that's a viable and, and a very lucrative profession. And so... Mm-hmm. The, the part about, you know, can your business run without you is because of that financial planning part of my brain, Amy, mm-hmm. um, sometimes I think about it in terms of who I am as an entrepreneur. And then sometimes I'm thinking about it like the advisor that I am to my clients too, that it's like there's little, little things that become big things if you don't think about them and prepare for them the legal Mm -hmm. aspect of it, the succession plan aspect of it, the insurance aspect of it and that kind of thing. So do we want to get boring first or sexy first? Well, I mean, let's be honest. They're both sexy to us, but (laughs) maybe not to everyone else. I like the way you (laughs) think. (laughs) um, You know, when I think of this topic, my mind goes to processes and team. You know, processes, Mm -hmm. strategy team. Do you have the logistics in place that you need to be supported? Mm -hmm. And if not, what's it going to take? So let's, let's let you lead off first though. If you were going to give your first, you know, 
three or four areas that you think people need to pay attention to, to make sure their business can run without them? What would you say they are? Yeah. So the first one is to your point, um, document your processes and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm, I'll, I'll let you take that, but let's bookmark that. And then the other part of it is um, the culture of mentorship and then also the succession plan. So here's what I mean by that. The culture of mentorship is about making sure that everybody knows what everybody else's jobs are in case you mm-hmm. need to fill in, in case you need to explain it to somebody else, in case, you know, whatever drops out of the sky, like just to know that you've got yourself covered in that way allows people to uh, 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 an increased sense of safety and increased sense of collaboration. Because mm-hmm. if anybody needs to take some time off, if anybody has the children in the house because the school closed and I can't be there, somebody else has my back, you know, that kind of thing. So when you create that culture of mentorship, then um, one of the positive side effects of that is that everybody feels even more ingrained in the, in the business and more committed to it because, you know, we, we have that accountability with one another. The second part of it is that it's a great way for you as a business owner to also understand who, do you have the right butts in the right seats? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times you might discover this, like I have somebody doing operations, but she's a freaking star when it comes to sales. I need to put her over there, you know, or vice versa. Somebody who's maybe not doing well in, in sales, but they're amazing when it comes to details and processes and so forth. So we should switch them, right? Um, and then the third part of the succession plan is understanding what happens. Like if think of the worst that could happen for mm-hmm. somebody that has a, um, brick and mortar business, maybe that, you know, the fire comes to your restaurant or the salon burns down or it gets, you know, looted or whatever the case may be. Do you have insurance? Do you have uh, a backup plan? Can you move from being an in-person business to being an offline uh, or an online business? A lot of us in 2020 had to confront that. Yeah. There are, there are a lot of businesses that, that could but hadn't prepared for moving themselves online. And then there are others that it's like, no, I can't move myself online. I got to do something else. So right. you, you want to, you want to prepare for that. And then the other part is what if not only if something happens to the business, but what if something happens to you? And it doesn't have to be as morbid as if you die or if you get permanently disabled or whatever, it could just be you're burnt out and you mm-hmm. need a break or somebody in your family needs you and you can't pay attention to the business the way that you might need to because you're busy, you know, um, taking care of mom or dad or whoever, whoever needs you, et cetera. And so you want to have a succession plan in place that allows you to make those decisions without the emotional cloudiness of it. The mm-hmm. best time to plan for a divorce is when you're about to get married. <laughs> <laughs> And not necessarily because you plan to get divorced, but because you, you can go in there knowing that, you, that you've thought of everything. So things to, to take into account. Do you have disability insurance? Do you have um, key man insurance? Key man ins- or key person insurance is what they call now. But key, key person insurance is basically if the key person, the CEO, the COO dies or is dismembered, uh, who takes their place and how can you buy them out? If you have a partnership, do you have buyout agreement, a husband and wife team, for example, Um, or if they, if a husband and wife team, for example, 
say me and my husband different than yours because you and your husband have children together you've built a life etc mm-hmm. my husband and i are both each other's second marriages so we have children with other people and so the things that we leave to our children you know what happens when the wife comes around and says i want my piece <laughs> before mm-hmm. the children right so you want to have all of those things outlined I highly recommend, even though I'm not a lawyer, I'm not an accountant, let's disclaim that, but I highly recommend based on what I have seen and the drama that I have had to grace talk my way through and my clients through, that you get yourself a um, living revocable trust where you put your business interests in and that living revocable trust then can determine based on who the executor are and who the beneficiaries are, how you plan all that stuff out. And then the last thing that I'm going to say about a succession plan is how do you want things to run in your absence? If you were to go to Tahiti for the rest of the year, how do you want things to run? Who is in charge? What happens if that person is not available? And what are the critical functions of your business that need to happen so that it can remain afloat and so that you can continue to create cash flow while you get yourself together, while you figure out your midlife crisis, while whatever, you know? And then that way, when you come back, you won't come back to a desert. You'll come back to, oh my God, my team is amazing. And nothing fell out of the sky. Everybody's fine. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be vulnerable about this Mm -hmm. one because right now I'm on, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. but I'm in the tunnel on this uh-huh. topic. Uh-huh. <laughs> so in the past, I, I have had that place where I, my business could run without me and I had the help and the support and the great team and all of the great structure. And I didn't do it quite right. I, I positioned myself in roles that I was competent in, but didn't love. They were mm-hmm. my zone of competence, not my zone of genius, you know? Yeah. And so I, I lost a lot of joy in my business during that season. And then the other thing that happened was I, and part of it was me being um, a little bit insecure in my leadership. I was a little younger and I still was amazed with the fact that my business was even real and was doing real things. And, you know, I mean, I was lit at every voice on my team had a lot of volume in my head, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And so it was actually an experience that while the numbers got bigger on paper, my joy, my satisfaction, my um, sense of personal strength and appreciation of myself got smaller Mm -hmm. inside of me. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of shrunk the team. You know, I remember interviewing Caitlin earlier this year, Caitlin Domner, and Mm -hmm. she was like, I blew it all up. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I came home and self-imploded the whole thing because I wasn't loving it. And while mine maybe wasn't quite as dramatic, it definitely happened. Yeah. And so this go around, I've been very intentional. So I'm just going to share with you the process that I've gone through as I've been looking at my business and, you know, does this feel like a job or does it feel like I'm actually running a company? Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I I did is I really did some internal introspection to figure out what do I need 
Um, I, I was at a place where I was feeling very depleted Mm -hmm. and my passion level was low. I mean, I was working, we were making money from the outside. It might've looked like everything was fine, but inside it was not feeling fine. It was feeling like I had created the worst job in the world. Mm. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I really started with a place of what do I need? What do I want? What brings me joy? What doesn't, what am I good at? What am I, you know, what could somebody else do better? Yeah. And I started making a list of all of the areas of my business that I felt like could be better with somebody else doing it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and in the past, you know, I had always thought that was going to look like a big company with a lot of people, but again, I don't love that. I don't really want to run a big company with a big team. What I really want is I love synergy collab and collaboration. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to create a really small, really tight knit team. And so I got clear on, you know, who, what type of people that I want to be working with, what do I want the culture and the vibe to be like? I don't love babysitting. Um, I never even liked babysitting when I was a teenager and got paid for it. I only did it for the money. Like I do not like being the babysitter. So, um, I started really thinking through, you know, what do I want the dynamic to be like and mapped out my dream team. And I mapped out my dream workflow for the week. And I started from a place of vision. And at the time it seemed pretty far away, but then what I did next is I said, okay, I'm not even, you know, honest in all honesty at the time, I was not even ready for all of those people to show up, you know, like, so I find this brilliant marketing strategist today. I'm not ready for them. I don't, you know, I don't have clarity of vision and purpose and I, the programs are not as scalable as they need to be. And, you know, there's a lot of things like if I find that brilliant marketing strategist, I'm not quite ready. Mm -hmm. So then I started making my list of what would I need to do to get ready for that person. And I went to work. Um, but it was different this time because instead of just going to work and it is, a, you know, it, I, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I just made the decision and everything was easy. No, I've been working my butt off to get everything ready for these people to show up. But as I went to work, it is amazing how the people have shown up. So you and I were talking earlier today about how everyone that I've been wanting is all of a sudden showing up like really amazing, talented salespeople that are better than should want to work for me mm-hmm. are like, Amy, what are you doing? Cause I'd love to come sell for you, you know, or, mm-hmm. Hey, what if I, what if I did sales for you? Or, you know, like it's, it's amazing the people that are coming my way. But the reason for that is because number one, I set the intention for it. Number two, I got clarity on what I wanted my structure to look like and what the end destination looked like. And then number three, I started vocalizing and asking around to the people that I have because I have great relationship capital. I know a lot of people I've, I've helped a lot of people. I've given a lot of people opportunities, connected with them them with the right people. Mm -hmm. And I, I had been really underutilizing that relationship capital. And so reaching out, you know, it was like one person would say, Hey, I know, you know, this person, they're really amazing, but they're also going through a transition. They're looking for something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And so it's just been a really beautiful process. Now the hard parts of it, having a really long project list that you've got to get done when you know that there's other more creative things that you really want to be doing, um, that has been a balance in the past year or so. And 
it has required a lot of discipline. You know, I've been wait, I've spent many mornings waking up at 5 a.m., which is a time that I like to wake up. I know that to you, that's like, you know, the middle <laughs> of the night. But for me, you're like, I just went to bed at five. That's right. But for me, I like to get up at five, but I want to do, I want to use that time for something else. But I've, you know, been getting up and working on business plans and working on standard operating procedures and working on building campaigns and setting things up, you know, and the back end. So it's been a lot of work balancing the to-do list of what needs to happen versus the fun stuff that I like to work in, Mm -hmm. but it has felt so much better because I was working in things I didn't want to be working in anyway, but now I'm working in it with an end in sight and a a transition plan and a transition goal. Mm -hmm. So that's been pretty cool. Um, Another thing that has been hard is uh, the fear of, well, it's part fear, but it's part like trying to pass something off and then realizing it's not working. Mm -hmm. And then my initial response is, oh, see, this doesn't work without me. And I have the fear like, oh, this is never going to work without me. And keeping that in, in check and just being like, it's not working without me now, Mm -hmm. but it's going to work without me. Like mm-hmm. this is going to be something that I am going to pass off. So yeah. let me get back into it, figure out what's not working and pass it off, pass it back, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like tossing a ball. So, whereas I, I think we have this tendency, like I'm either holding the ball or you're holding the ball mm-hmm. and recognizing that in order to get to the point where somebody else can hold the ball, we have to pass it back and forth a few times. Yeah. So that's been a little bit challenging, a little bit of a, an awareness level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't even know how to quite verbalize this one, but it is like my, my being had tentacles wrapped around it and through it of what I do being confused with who I am. And it's Mm. like, I've been pulling those little threads out one at Mm -hmm. a time Mm -hmm. and recognizing that I am not what I do. And what I do is not who I am and that they are distinct separate entities that can fully function without each other. And it's, it's interesting because I feel like that interconnection served me well for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, I really felt like what I do was such a big part of who I am. And I just don't really want that anymore. Mm -hmm. It feels kind of cumbersome and tiring and exhausting <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to have to be that all the time. And I, I don't know, maybe it's turning 40 cause I turned 40 this year, but I feel a stronger sense of desire just to be and be okay with that. Yeah. And then have times where I show up to do and love it and thrive in it and work hard in it. And then go back to just being, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to be all things all the time. Yeah. And I love what you're saying here about kind of conflating who I am with what I do, because I think where it becomes almost like a codependency, your relationship with your job or your relationship with your business becomes a little bit of a codependency is that you like, when I conflate that, I think that the only time that I am being who I am is when I'm doing what I do. And, and that's not true. You're, you're always like when you're, especially when you're, when your business is based on your zone of genius, like if you're a healer and you have a healing business, if you're a coach or a speaker and that's your zone of genius, um, 
you know, if you're amazing with math and you've always wanted to be an accountant and that's just what you want to do and that just lights you up, can't even imagine, but I love it <laughs> that there are people <laughs> like that that exist in the world. Um, you know, that it's like you actually do that all the time. You're probably like if you're a coach or a healer, you're probably the friend that people go to in your life to for advice or for healing or for witnessing or for whatever. You don't have to only have it under the umbrella of your business in order for it to be a validation of who you are, of your identity. You actually, you actually, it's the other way around. Your identity and who you are validates the business, not the other way around. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so this is some of the things that I've gone through this year. Um, we've definitely had a lot of growth. And then beyond that, it's just really strategically pulling the information out of your brain Mm -hmm. that so much of your, so much of our processes we hold inside of our brain Mm -hmm. and taking them out of our brain and documenting them. Little things like when I write a social media post, this is the format that I follow. Mm -hmm. Um, when I do this, this is the process that I follow so that it allows people to step in and, and create in the way that I want them to create. So it feels congruent with what I would do if I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then letting go, like at some point you got to let go because you cannot clone yourself in your business. And I think you stifle people's creativity and growth when you do that. Um, so it's this fine balance between here's how I do it. Now you go find how you do it. Yeah. And then let's see where that happy medium mixes together. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I think also the last time that I really um, stepped out of being the one who does everything and into the one who manages the team. I think the last time, the other problem was I didn't let anyone else be the strategist. Mm -hmm. I just let them be implementers. Mm -hmm. And at some point you've got to have people who have better ideas than you do that, you know, are, are coming up with and driving the growth of the company versus you have a lot of people who are doing the work, but you're still, it still is all coming from you, your brain. So be willing to um, not be the best on your team. <laughs> like, isn't that the dream to have people who are smarter, more capable, more brilliant than you? It should well, be the dream. It should be the dream. But, you know, sometimes we kind of, I don't know, sometimes shy away from that. Sometimes we surround ourselves with people for whom we need to be their saviors, too. And uh, and that this is this is why this is why Amy Walker. This is why I always say that business starting and growing your business is one of the best personal development curriculum that you will ever take because you have to confront some of those inner child woundings, reparenting yourself, the trauma Mm -hmm. of your zero to seven or whatever that may be. And I don't mean trauma like, you know, somebody threw you out of a car. It could really just be a trauma like you had a music recital and your mom and dad didn't come and you made up that you can't depend on people in the world, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... Um, you know, when you can confront those things and see them as this is a tape that's running, not this is the way the world works, then you can choose another tape. But if I always have it like this is just the way that the world works and I just need to govern myself accordingly because everybody's just a selfish (laughs) a-hole. Of course, you're going to, you know, that's all you're going to see. Like if your glasses are blue, even if a white car that passes by, it's going to be a lighter shade of blue for you. Yep. Yes. Yes. All right. So we want to hear from you. How is this conversation resonating with you? What is it pulling up? 
in, when you look at your business today and you look at what you really want, what are the areas where you're working and it's not bringing you joy? It's not bringing growth. You're the bottleneck, you're slowing things down. What are those areas? Because until you identify them, you cannot change them, my friends. But that's once you do, that's the beginning of change. Mm-hmm. The beginning of, what did we say? Authentic vulnerability is the what? Beginning, beginning of change. Of transformation. Yep. Yep. You heard Absolutely. it here first. All right, my friends, thank you so much for joining us today. Please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast yes. and then leave us your, leave us your, um, reviews. We love hearing from you and comments and, and if you questions, not- you know, because if you have some, some issue that you're dealing with or whatever, we want to hear about that too. For sure. And then make sure that you come follow us on Instagram. So Instagram is our new platform. We've got some really fun things planned and we would love to connect with you there. So your circle of influence on Instagram. Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks everybody. See you soon.